everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with... Bob, oh, Bobby Darren. Bobby Darren. <laughs> there you go. I remembered. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Frankie Valentine drums and... Beans! Beans? I say it like a question. Um, we were listening to some Christmas music to start the show today. Hence, Bobby Darren. Um, play, play, we have... We have Com- we have uh, requests coming in in the uh, chat. It's it's a it's a glorious December first, Frank. It it looks like it's really nice and crisp out there too. I haven't gone out yet, but I will. Have to say hello to my friend Washington Trials in the chat, who screamed beans with an exclamation point. Um, I have a, a heartwarming story to start with. It's kind of sad, but not. And then there are lawsuits galore. I know it's your favorite topic, Frank, but it's very important today. Lawsuits? Lawsuits. There are three of them that I want to talk about. Okay. Um, we don't have to, I'm not going to get into like ridiculous detail because I still have to like write them and everything. But there are three important lawsuits that everybody should be paying attention to. This story, three years ago, a couple in their early 30s bought the gentleman's farm down the street from us. A gentleman's farm is also known as a hobby farm, a few acres of land, home, and a small barn. Chris oh, I thought they had like strippers and stuff there. You know, gentleman's club always has naked women. You never know what happens underneath the hay bales. Yes. You never know with the horses because people are crazy. Um, Chris works for UPS. Caitlin stepped away from her hair salon career to raise their two-year-old daughter, Grace, They've transformed two acres and put in a beautiful vegetable garden, fenced an acre for their pony and goat, spruced up the porch, and upgraded the metal roof with gutters. They were living their American dream. Last night, Chris stopped over with a lump in his throat and asked if I could take his pony, goat, and chickens. I was surprised as they invested so much time in their homestead. I asked if everything was okay and if there was anything I could do to help. He began to explain why he needed to rehome them. He said they decided to put the gutters on the house, knowing his seasonal overtime pay would replace the cost and thought it might be tight financially, but they would make it through the winter. This time of year, Chris usually works extended hours with the runner on his truck as there are so many deliveries, but not this year. I asked him if I could think about it overnight. He said yes and thanked me. And he then added, if I said yes, would it be okay if they could bring Grace by once in a while to see the pony? I told him any time. My heart broke. They, like so many Americans, are struggling financially. Ten minutes after he left, I called a few friends. They reached out to their friends. This morning, we left Chris and Caitlin's barn filled with hay, shavings, and grain. Melbourne, the local Amish sawmill owner, has donated firewood for the season and is sending his sons to deliver and stack it after their chores today. Stephanie, who owns the local diner, has placed a standing order for Caitlin's chicken eggs. My farrier buster has donated his services for their livestock. Minnie, the retired nurse, has offered to babysit Grace if Caitlin wants to work, as several of the choir ladies want their hair done for the annual Christmas program. Mm. I'm proud of my community. I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud of the local men and women who said yes immediately. How beautiful. Yeah. Mm. That's it right there. I mean, you know, we've got the negative circumstance of the economy, but look at how neighbors stepped up to help them so they could keep their little homestead going. I know. I know. And and I just wish, you know, I think it was President Reagan that sat down on some show at one point, or he's probably said it a lot of times, but it's a very famous clip of him saying that, uh, you know, if, if government just packed up, closed up shop and, and, and left one day, uh, we'd probably not even notice that they were gone nope and and if if it just that right there is the key to everything it's the key to it's the key to everything first of all nobody would be under the financial strain that they are if it weren't for the the undue burdens that is the 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 penny taxes that are placed on every last step we take the regulations the everything that trickles down now that makes you know sometimes you know local taxes and whatever you got to deal with that but that's just one layer of the onion compared to everything else. Yeah. And it all stems from government. Yeah. Government like this over in Ireland? Huh. When you think about it, all law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, 
and hmm. cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I oh. believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. Great. Now I need to find a legislator that is going to restrict this woman for the common good because she is causing me if I were in, if I were in, in Ireland, but we have people of her, uh, you know, cut from the same cloth over here in the U.S. too. Everything she's saying right there, that arbitrary of oh, somebody's living uncomfortably and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Okay. I would like to be free from that too, you wench. I would love to be free from that too. Can I find an opposing legislator to restrain you and restrict you, put you in a boo box? For the common good, Frank. For the common good, please. Yeah. Because I would like to just be left alone. Did you know that yesterday Rand Paul saved Joni Ernst's life as she was choking? No. Yeah, they were having a Senate GOP lunch at the Capitol and Ernst was choking on food, but but Rand Paul gave her the Heimlich maneuver and saved her life. What was she choking on? <laughs> I don't know. There had to be chicken. Something with a bone in it. Steak from the Iowa Cattlemen's Association. That's what she said? Yeah. That they said? Yeah. Joni, you've got to cut those pieces smaller. Rand Paul used the Heimlich maneuver on Joni Ernst, who was choking at a Senate lunch, according to senators, and is now getting unusual praise from his colleagues. God bless Rand Paul, said, said Senator Lindsey Graham. I never thought I'd say that. Go F yourself, you stupid mother. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. L Lindsey Graham says, I never thought I'd say that? About Rand Paul. God bless Senator Ram. Like, what? What? And... and it's, 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 and they're supposed to be supposed colleagues from the same. I mean, it's just such a joke. I never thought I'd say that. Sharon from UDC says it was a pork chop. Grassley po posted a pic of it. It was? Yeah, I guess so. Was it shake and bake? I don't know. But, you know, pork chops are really hard to cook, right? You got to be very careful with pork chops. If I ever have pork, uh, pork chops again, and it's been a long time. Uh, they need to be cut thin. Like, no. like what? Uh, they need to be cut thinner. No. That, yeah. Why would you do that? Because I, because I, it, first of all, they come out looking like the, like the, you know, the baby lamb chops. Yeah. Baby lamb, not that thin, but when these pork, these pork chops come out looking one and a half to two inches thick that's too thick i've never seen a pork chop that thick before oh yeah it always ruins it for me they, they've got to be no more than an inch thick no no more and that's, even that that's might not be. thin though compared to the, the pork chops that they sell around here yeah it is that's crazy. A, and that's the whole point i mean because because i like pork chops kind of like do you ever deep fry them no mm -hmm. but i like them bread i like them breaded and and all that stuff like shake and bake Bread them in pork rinds and then deep fry them in tallow. <laughs> I think I'm done with pork chops. I like lamb. I like steak. Uh, if I if I have no other option for protein, I'll go chicken. Um, but I if you I ever don't have know. pork chops again, that's how you do it. Okay. Anyway, my mother used to make pork shake and bake pork chops with uh white rice and applesauce my mom used to make shake and bake pork chops with uh that chicken fried uh rice aroni hmm. and she had applesauce too for dad dad liked his applesauce oh. he likes his applesauce okay now we're on to the lawsuits there are several lawsuits frank several of them that have been filed over the past week um, from, they, they range the gamut. The one that we're going to talk about first is Rumble suing Media Matters and the people from Check My Ad. Um, this is a defamation lawsuit, and it is very, very, very strong. Um, it's interesting. These two people, Nandini Jammy and Claire Atkin, have been basically stalking Rumble they stated their sole purpose was to basically ba bankrupt Rumble and get it get it removed because you know it's very important that we only have one one yeah. narrative out there. Very important that we only have YouTube and uh, and I, I, yeah, I can see it. So the the gist of this is they've been going after Bongino quite a bit. 
she says, we're done with Fox News. We're going to do Rumble now. Um, what what do the what what do they do to Fox News? I don't know. I guess they got advertisers to leave Fox News. That's their whole deal. They used Rumble exposes in this lawsuit that they used for Rumble Bitches. the same exact tactics that Media Matters used for Twitter. So they found somebody that was breaking terms of service that flew under the radar. They refreshed their ad, their page, 100,000 times until they could get an ad that they knew would inflame people to come up before the video. And then they used that to get advertisers to leave Rumble. But that's not really what the suit is about. This lawsuit is a defamation lawsuit. And what it claims is that because these people were running around screaming that Rumble takes 90% of its ad, ad revenue through Google ads, meaning it uses Google to run their ads, they're using that as their engine, that what they would do is they were, first of all, they were trying to taint Rumble's image to their user base, who is anti-big tech. Second, they were trying to scare away shareholders who were with Rumble and investors who are with Rumble for the very reason that they are not dependent on Google ads, et cetera. And it was, it was, it was a lie. The Now, especially since they've launched their own platform, and it goes into the details in the lawsuit, less than 10% of the ads served on anything are from Google. They're independent on their own specifically designed ad revenue platform. But these people were running around, even though they were shown the public filings of the the financials. You know, yeah. you know this the, the, this just makes me sick. It just makes me sick because it, I, there's no even there's not even an outer shell. Um, I don't know mask of this being anything other than frivolous, just warfare. Yeah. For for no other reason than we don't like you. Yep. I mean, at the basis of all of their lawfaring is just that that tired old nonsense about hate speech and civil rights, which is just stupid. This is just frivolous nonsense. But it's it's successfully it's successful because of the circle that we talk about all the time. So now they're being sued. They're being sued for defamation for their claims about Google supporting Rumble. It is a slam dunk case it's really i mean she, i hope they get yeah she literally threatens them in in writing they have examples of it everywhere so the actual she she recognizes she knows that it it's not true in one post and then uses it to attack them in the other post which demonstrates actual malice on its face and that's one of the biggest hurdles you need to get through in a defamation case is actual malice that somebody actually meant to to harm you with their words on purpose or with their and and it's all in here. And so look at that, Nandini Jami. No, we're done with Fox News. We're doing Rumble now. Yes, we're we're, we're doing Rumble now. You yeah. freak. And here's the thing: is I, I hope that Rumble wins everything and bankrupts Media Matters. But there's just going to be another an, another rotten head of cabbage that comes up in that uh, that that open society's garden of um, of of shell companies like Media Matters. Like they know who. Who bankrolls them? They know that the money is unlimited, so they've just pretty much been given carte blanche to go wage war. And if this, if they, if we do finally do see a media matters get lanced lethally, these well, people will still just get a job somewhere else. The problem, the the best part about that, I, you're right, probably, but the best part about this, Frank, is that they are dismantling and and exposing through all of this that's going on now the network of organizations that just circle through each other like mm -hmm. it's it's really something so i have to thread this out in a way that people can understand that's hopefully going to be today then we got this yesterday there's two lawsuits that were filed this week i, I think maybe three actually by Ken Paxton, Attorney General of Texas, which demonstrate to everybody why they didn't want him around anymore. Um, I reached out to him, by the way. He will be coming on the show to discuss this particular lawsuit. Attorney General Ken Paxton sues Pfizer for misrepresenting COVID-19 vaccine efficacy and conspiring to censor public discourse. Just 
Amazing. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has sued Pfizer for unlawfully misrepresenting the effectiveness of the company's COVID-19 vaccine and attempting to censor public discussion of the product. They engaged in false, deceptive, and misleading acts and practices by making unsupported claims regarding the company's COVID-19 vaccine in violation of the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act. They did this when they said that the vaccine had 95% efficacy against infection, they knew it was misleading. Mm. Um, there's a 54-page complaint that attorney Aaron Siri from ICANN has said is a real page-turner, which means that this is a solid lawsuit. I have read some of it, not all of it. Again, it is badass. I've read what I've read of this is just, it's badass. It's good. This is a good one. Wait a second. But <laughs> this is a copy of a, an email that's inside of this lawsuit. Look at your screen now. It should be on screen right now. Oh, no, I'm back. Oh, here you go. Look at the subject line. Subject line, quite frankly. Oh, <laughs> I'm everywhere. I'm telling you, best marketing decision I did. I didn't know I made. Hmm. <laughs> I seriously had. <laughs> that's hysterical. I'm like, wait a second. That was Alex Berenson who wrote that email. Anyway, it's really, really good. I mean, it's really good. What I've read of it so far is really good. I need to go through this one for everybody too. But once I do, we will have Ken Paxton on the show to talk about it. Very excited about that. Sweet. Is that the first time he's been on? Yeah. He's, okay. I thought you spoke to him already. No, two other ones. One of whom is now a governor. That's, okay. I, I don't think we ever went over that. Liz Merle, who's the solicitor general in Louisiana, or was, is now the attorney general of Louisiana. Oh, my God. And Jeff Landry, who was the attorney general, is now the governor. I'm just saying that is the most beautiful. I, like, seriously, Louisiana is on fire right now. Good for them. Mm. I, like to see, I like to see people improving their lot. That is a... I mean, Liz is spectacular and i was like you guys had better vote her in because that she's been spearheading the missouri v biden lawsuit for them so i'm like she'd better get her ass in that freaking office and she did there you go mm. when, when, this would be a 2024 booking with ken paxton i don't know okay we're going back and forth i hope not Think it should, I mean, it. like, just just after the holidays. I don't know no, what you're thinking. I would like to do it before if we can. Okay. Because this is this is important. Um, state court, but still very important. And will be precedent setting. And I, I, the data that's in here, which is data that a lot of us knew, is seriously, they've got emails and all kinds of stuff. So there's that. And then over at the high wire... This other lawsuit we wrote about yesterday, Texas Attorney General sues Pfizer over a dangerous ADHD medication. This one I'll sum up real quick. Basically, what Pfizer did was they had this very, very um, dangerous ADHD med for kids that had to be reconstituted, meaning parents had to actually shake it up to dose it. That's scary enough as it is. Like, that's how it was given. Like, it, it, be, oh, it has to be shaken like amoxicillin? Yeah, but yeah, but in a, in a case of, of this kind of medication, to do that is just very dangerous. Very dangerous. So they had... Go ahead. You have a question? What? I thought you had a question. No, I, I guess that... Why would it... Why is it dangerous? Because it's... It, it, as opposed to, let's say, a antibiotic like amoxicillin, this is a sedative of some, of some sort? It's a schedule... Three, I believe, um, dangerous substance. It's like a serious drug. Serious. Like how Ritalin, Ritalin was. Like this would be if you were reconstituting Ritalin. Uh, yeah, and if you get too much or too little in any bit of that liquid, think about what can happen. Like there are several adverse effects as it is from this medication at its supposed normal dose. Oh wait, wait, it has. To, oh wait, so Katie. Katie Sky in the chat room said that it, it not only needs to be shaken, it needs to be mixed by the parents. Is that that's what you're saying? Uh, mixed it's and called shaken? Quillivent. Um, let me see. 
It's a Schedule II controlled substance that carries a black box warning for abuse and dependence. Pharmacists combine the provided powder with water to reconstitute it, while caregivers are expected to shake the reconstituted drug before providing it to the child. So no. Okay. So the no. Okay. They just got to shake. Yeah. But the reconstituted drug, if the, it, the, there have to be tests done to make sure that no matter what, the chances of you effing that up as a parent and not shaking it enough are so small that you can't harm your kid. That's the gist of it in plain language. And Pfizer couldn't get that, that test to come out the way they wanted. They, they, they couldn't get it to come out safe, no matter what they did. So they just kept changing the test until they could get the test to say what they wanted. Jeez. As if there's not children's lives at the other end of that transaction. Yeah. Just change the test. The, I mean, it's the only way they could the last way they they did it was to get a sonicator. And the sonicator is they 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 it does like a thousand or oh, forty thousand pulses per second. So they put the medicine in the sonicator, had the sonicator shake it forty thousand pulses per second, and then said, Oh, it passed. My gosh. My gosh. You know, for all of the for all the screaming about profits and capitalism and all that stuff, I remember I, I wish that we were all still on the same page with the left with all the they used to be the, those reliable tree hugging california hippies that didn't want to vaccinate their children they wanted to go all natural uh they saw big pharma as the cancer that it is and 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 just suddenly suddenly uh everything's flipped instead of everybody finding common ground it's really incredible it's, it's the because from free speech to what you're talking about, it's like it's been it, it's wars. You think that this would have been a congealing right? moment? I know. And they're so brainwashed. Wow. We got we got to be reconstituted ourselves. I'll talk to to to. We'll talk to Ken about this too. Ag Paxton. He says. Um. He says. Quote. I am horrified by the dishonesty we uncovered in this investigation. Pfizer and Tris. Uh, intentionally concealed and failed to disclose the issues with Quillivant receiving taxpayer-funded benefits through Texas Medicaid, defrauding the state, and endangering children. Our civil Medicaid fraud division has done an outstanding job holding these pharmaceutical companies accountable. So, uh, Paxton's after Big Pharma. Good for him. Yeah. And I started doing a lot of research into Moderna after the censorship files came out. Mm -hmm. How they were like had 40,000 people to censor Americans about, you know, vaccines or try to, to not censor, but uh, psyop Americans. Okay. And I found their CEO, um, not CEO, I found their director of marketing doing an interview, an obscure interview. And I want you to, to listen to this. The question to her is, how are you leaning into this with your marketing, particularly around the new shots? And she says this, our strategy is leaning into the people who are going to get the flu shot. It's a habit. And there's a lot of people who automatically go in early and get a flu shot every year. Those are the people we believe should automatically get a COVID shot as well while in the pharmacy. This, the CDC has informed us that you can get a flu and a COVID shot at the same time. So why not? Hold the boat for a second. The drug manufacturing company says that the CDC told them that you can get both of the drugs at the same time. So why not? Isn't it supposed to be the other way around? Like, isn't the drug yeah. maker supposed to figure out whether or not that's something that like. Why doesn't anybody listen to me like a drug man? Like, everybody. It's just so ridiculous. I wish I can have people listen to me without thinking like a drug manufacturer does i don't i don't provide or produce anything nearly as risky as what they are providing <laughs> and and there is just no question one way or about i wish i had that kind of that kind of sway with people right i oh, really imagine, do imagine 
As we move into the coming years, she says, we just released data efficacy with our combination vaccine, showing that our flu COVID combination vaccine is now going to go into additional studies and it demonstrates efficacy. We're also eventually looking into a COVID flu RSV single shot. That sounds so great. The COVID flu RSV single shot. I am so excited. Oh, did you get the new single shot? Absolutely. This is, I mean, I guess what you're saying, Frank, about why can't they just take them both out of the vial and shoot them into your arm at the same time? I, there's no, he's a, well, you know, the injection site is different. Who cares? It's the same human body. If you're going into a, uh, someplace, a, a doctor's office one day, and you have to get a series of shots, why can't they all just be drawn into the same syringe and um, boom i still haven't gotten to ask anyone that question but it's it's very logical it's like when i was a kid and i used to see my mom with all the different cleaning bottles and i said i have an idea one cleaning bottle with different layers that you can shift the little straw thing into to get your preferred cleaning liquid for that moment so you don't have to walk around with 80 different bottles patent pending okay anyway. I like it. One thing I, I want everybody to watch. Uh, this was in our, we started a new feature for Uncover DC called Around the Web. Um, and this was in our Around the Web yesterday. This is Aaron Siri and Del Bigtree at Freedom Fest in Memphis um, over the Thanksgiving. It was from before this, but they released this over Thanksgiving. It's an hour of them talking about um, all of the times they've deposed these vaccine people under oath and what they've said versus what they've said in public and what that those things mean. It's an hour. It is worth every moment. There is not a minute of this seminar that is not valuable. Not one minute of it. So that'll be in the show notes today, but you can also find it um, at the High Wire or in our Around the Web from yesterday. Let me see. Maybe I'll just play a minute of this. Okay. This is asking questions or you're hearing about the huge debate happening around is Robert Kennedy Jr. telling the truth or not. We thought you, we would give you some of the evidence that we've collected in our work. And so to get this started, um, really my nonprofit, Informed Consent Action Network, I started after I'd been on tour for a year with a documentary about autism and vaccines. And that was one of the most controversial uh, documentaries ever made. We got kicked out of Tribeca Film Festival. But when I wanted to do a deeper investigation, I wanted to know more than just the issues with an MMR vaccine, what about all of the rest of them? One of the issues you have when you're trying to look at vaccines as a, as a journalist and investigate it is you've got this liability protection. In 1986, they took away all liability from manufacturers. Basically, the pharmaceutical industry blackmailed Ronald Reagan, said, we are losing so much money from death and injury cases in courtrooms, we cannot make a profit in our vaccine program. So either you protect us from liability or we're going to stop making them. And so you can't sue which the manufacturer. The, which, at that point, which at that point is just like, Wait, wait a second. Uh, you can't turn a profit because you're killing so many people. Why would protecting you? What, 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 what's the what's the trade off there? You can't. I don't. I don't. I don't understand that. If that's actually what's going on there, that's why would you even protect them? A hundred percent. What's going on here? It says right here, no person may bring a civil action against the vaccine administrator or manufacturer for damages arising from a vaccine related injury or death. Total and complete protection. And I say that to friends and they say, that's amazing. Doesn't that mean right there they must be admitting that there's injury? Of course they are. There's no such thing as a pharmaceutical product that doesn't injure somebody. There's a reason why you have multiple versions of drugs, because if one is giving you side effects, try another one. Vaccines are no different. They have all the same types of elements. I wanted to get into this. And so we wanted to uh, investigate. Well, what happens? What happens when you take a product, one of the only ones in America, made by arguably one of the most uh, you know, corrupted industries, when you look at pharma, who's paid out more money for death and injury? 
billions and billions of dollars by Merck and Sanofi Aventis and Pfizer for having lied about the safety of their products. But they have one group of products that they cannot be sued for. Well, that created a gold rush. And ultimately, what happened to this is in 1986, there's about three vaccines given in multiple doses. So for all of you out there, they're saying, I'm just vaccinating my kids the same way I was vaccinated. No, you're not. You got maybe 10 vaccines by the time you were 18 years old. When we took liability away in 1986, this is what happened to our vaccine program. Suddenly it explodes. 72 vaccines your kids are getting or your grandkids are getting by the time they're 18. And none of these need to be tested for safety. Why? Why would you? Let's be honest. Why would you spend money testing a product for safety if you cannot be sued if it kills or injures anybody? You wouldn't do it. Why waste the money? It ends up being the perfect product. This is a product that we don't have to test for safety and we don't even have to advertise it because the government's going to force it on every child in America. This is why this product became one of the number one biggest sellers, biggest gold rush money making parts of the industry we now look at as the giant big pharma. So I'm Dell and the, the team over there are just amazing. I know them very, very well. There has never, ever, ever been another in outlet, uh, you know, company, not-for-profit, advocacy group, whatever you want to call it, that I have ever said there is, I would do anything for those people. And I would do anything for the people at the High Wire and ICANN. They are just amazing. If they say something you can trust, it is 100%. There is no doubt in my mind. I never, did, never do I ever say, hmm, never. I am honored to work with them. They do amazing work. And uh, watch this special. They're just, it's just the whole thing. And Aaron Siri, that he isn't it. He is one of the best attorneys that I've had the pleasure of reading work from. Um, whatever that means, you can take it for what it's worth. I've read hundreds and hundreds of lawsuits. It's, it's just really good. So definitely check this out. It's an hour worth your time. So many in the chat room. Shogren just said, I read that President Reagan passed it because it was pretty much attached to a larger bill that needed to be passed and all that stuff, and that he actually wasn't for it. Well, regardless of what he personally was for or not for, it, I would love to do a little bit more reading on what perhaps was the fuller picture on this passing because... <clears throat> blackmail blackmail needs to have some sort of a a leveraging agent there uh what who is dependent was was reagan or somebody around him uh bush so who was dependent on pharma money if they wanted that money to keep flowing or if it was that the case what what the hell was it was it misinformation i don't know what it is but you know to say blackmail I want to know a little bit more because from what that he just presented right there, there's no reason to to ever, I don't know, meet eye to eye with them. You're saying, hey, listen, we can't sell any more vaccines because we're killing people. Can you help us with this, uh, you know, legal immunity? Okay, sure. Um, yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. J just, just to keep, yeah. I mean, if you're killing people, you shouldn't have immunity. We find products that work. When you were away, um, I had an episode where we looked over uh, the deposition of Stanley Plotkin that Aaron Siri got. Stanley Plotkin's like the father of vaccines. It's, um, it is eye-opening. It's an episode of Dark to Light where we analyzed a good chunk of that deposition and it was, it was something else. And so this hour, what they do is like, let me see if I can find it. Um, hold on. They do the impact of the clinical trials. They do the clinical trial for H Hep B. Why they're not? They're not even conducting trials on safety. They're not. They're not conducting trials on safety, um, at all. And they go through why. And this is something that they've been, you know, fighting in court for a long time now. Here it is. Let me see if. Moving quickly, I want to show you what some of these people are saying on the stand. So. 
Uh, this is Stanley Plotkin, yep. here, right? So Stanley Plotkin is arguably the leading voice in vaccines in the world. He's on almost every vaccine company's board of directors in one way or another across the world. And if you go to the CDC and you sit in one of their meetings at the ACIP, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, the gavel is called the Plotkin gavel. And the book written on vaccines that's this big is Plotkin on Vaccines. When he was asked... Want to play it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And this is just the world's leading vaccinologist in vaccines when I asked him about, and I confronted him about the hepatitis B vaccine that we under oath. looked at, under oath. And when they're under oath, you get a little bit of a different answer than when they're on TV or they're doing commercial. It is my great honor to use the Stanley Plotkin gavel to open this meeting. Our good friend and colleague, Dr. Stan Plotkin. Dr. Plotkin, virtually every country in the world is affected by his vaccines. He was involved in pivotal trials on anthrax, oral polio, rabies vaccine. Rubella vaccine, the rotavirus vaccine, rabies. He has earned the Distinguished Physician Award of the Pediatric Infectious Disease Society, the Finland Award of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases, the Hillman Award of the American Society for Microbiology, the French Legion of Honor, and the Bruce Medal in Preventive Medicine. He's a member of the Institute of Medicine and the French Academy of Medicine. One of the very special things about him is the global impact that he's had, not just from the products, but from his book. He developed the standard textbook for vaccines in 1988. Bill Gates calls his book a Bible for vaccinologists. I hope you all have uh, indeed have read the book, uh, and I hope it's more accurate than the Bible. He trained uh, just a generation of scientists, including myself, to, uh, to think like he thinks. Dr. Plotkin, earlier you, you testified that there are two Hep B vaccines in the market, one uh, by Glaxo, GSK, that's Endrix B, and the other one is by Merck, Recombivax HB, right? Yes. This is the product, the manufacturer insert for Recombivax HB, correct? Yes. And the clinical trial experience would be found in section 6.1, correct? Correct? Dr. Plotkin? Yes. Okay. Uh, in section 6.1, when you look at the clinical trials that were done pre-licensure for Comavax HB, how long does it say that safety was monitored after each dose? Uh, let's see. Uh, five days. Is five days long enough to detect an autoimmune issue that arises after five days? Uh, no. Is five days long enough to detect any neurological disorder that arose from va the vaccine after five days? No. There is no control group, correct? Uh, it does not mention any control group. I mean, it gets worse and worse from there. That's why I'm wow. telling you this hour is worth your time. Wow. It is worth it. That's Aaron Siri deposing Plotkin. And there is so much more. Like, I, I was like, like, it's just so good. So well done. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. We're, we're, we're just, we're just damaging human beings just from the day they're born. They get this, this shot. The day they're born. The, I mean, the, 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 that's Hep B, right? Yeah. That's what they're they're putting that into children that are hours old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. OK, mm -hmm. that's the, the, that's the first one I said. Absolutely not to. I made sure that I signed all our waivers. I don't want no I no no antibiotic eye ointment, no Hep B, no vitamin K. Uh, as soon as everybody's good enough to get out of this hospital i'd like to i said in the most diplomatic and and uh un uh, not aggressive way possible but mm -hmm. i mean the fact that they they want to give you a hep b shot which is a sexually transmitted disease mm -hmm. to a child that's hours old is incredible um viv got into a college here in south carolina it's a christian um school it's called uh charleston southern university and they sent yesterday the vaccine requirement form that she needs to be able to go if she's going to dorm. And I was actually relieved in a way to see that the only vaccines that are required are like the very few that you get when you're in the hospital, like the tetanus, diphtheria, like nonsense like that. Um, but 
she's she's not gonna she has religious exemption so after i i unfortunately didn't wisen up to all of this until a little bit too late and they got some um but the voluntary vaccines that are on there are all the ones that you'd expect uh and the COVID so so even with religious exemption she's still gonna have to take a few to to live there uh yes it appears so and this is a religious school she's not gonna do it but but how are they gonna don't you have to prove well she's not going to dorm she won't go anywhere that she needs to dorm that require them she won't do it but also but there there are schools out there that would not require it i don't don't know i mean i'm i don't know i'm not i'm I'm sure not actually i'm sure most of them are a lot more strict than this one is um she could also live off campus she could yes i because you know that I haven't tried the exemption with them yet. They didn't mention any place where I could file her exemption. So I don't know. I'm not, uh, she hasn't made her choice yet. So I, I haven't even gone into it, but. Oh, I'm still just, you know, I know I'm, I'm a long ways away with, uh, with Aurora, but. By the time I mean, Aurora so... gets to be 18, she's, the college is going to be very, very different. <laughs> yeah. You know, the other thing there too, is I just see her, you know, she walks around the house every day. She has, is it in here? No, it's not. She has this little uh, purple sparkly uniform, uh, u- uh, uh, unicorn backpack, and she she puts this backpack on and she well she takes a book and she walks around. She comes into my office and she pretends I'm a teacher. She goes teacher, and so well and I'll we'll just we'll play in here and stuff like that. And she's okay. I'm going to school or I'm going home from school or something like that. And I just I like I I know she's going to ask about it. I know she's going to want to go. Uh, but I, I, I'm already thinking of all way, and this is just like, not even, we're not even talking about higher education, college and all that other stuff. I'm just thinking about the way I approach talking about, well, you're going to be in, I'm going to find you sports teams. If you want to join dance schools, just probably going to be CCD for, you know, um, for religious studies. And I can do a lot of that stuff there. So there's, there's going to be ways that she's going to, to be so many ways that she's going to meet meet kids and be in educational environment no i'm going i have to i i definitely will i just i think about that you know part of growing up was watching television and movies where some of the most interesting plots we wanted to see at that age were happening with groups of kids that went to the same school and they're you know you know changing classes and locker rooms and all that stuff and you always think wow I'm, i'm gonna be able to do that one day so I always think about that stuff that, uh, you know, she's going to wonder why she's not doing it either. And I have to make, uh, I've just been preparing myself for those conversations and everything else and how to supplement that. That'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't, you know, I get it's just what new. you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's, it's just cause like if she has any friends, they're going to be gone. You know what I mean? So we'll, we'll, you'll, you'll have to. Mommy's the teacher. That's what you say. Well, well, the other, yeah, mommy's a teacher, and we have we have to find, like you said, those those co ops, mm-hmm. those pods, because uh, even if we did want to send her, okay, fine, you really want to go, you really want to see what's all. Even if we did want to, like, tightly monitor what was going on in a school anywhere, private or public, she would have to start going through the entire schedule of shots. And that's not happening. Well, unless you could get a, 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 a an an exemption, but not, I not doubt that, that's going to happen. Not that cleanly. No, I doubt not that's, that cleanly. I doubt that's going to happen in New York anyway. Like it might yeah. it might work here. And it might work for like specific shots. It's not it's not going to be. Oh, oh. oh. No, 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 no. If you do a religious exemption, it is blanket. Your 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 philosophy doesn't change based on which vaccine you're giving. They're all the same exemption. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then I don't know if we talked about this the other day, but on the vaccine tip, the Spectator Australia actually came out with an article, uh, which is shocking given what we know about Australia and how they handled um, COVID and mandatory vaccination. Scientists shocked and alarmed at what's in the mRNA shots. They found tiny fragments of DNA. Remember, we conspiracy theorists were talking about this years ago. Yeah, well, now the scientists are digging in and they're actually coming public with all of this stuff in Spectator. And I saw 
an interview on Rumble with a gentleman who designed apparently the database. He's a database administrator, the only one they have in New Zealand. And they did, he he saw some alarming stuff going on with the uh, ex- excess death statistics. And he has come out and talked about the increase in excess deaths in that country. Um, I think it's New Zealand. It's either New Zealand or the Netherlands. I'm not sure which one. Uh, but that was a pretty eye-opening thing that I'm looking to backwards fact-check myself as well. Um, there's also another lawsuit, Shriver's Children's Hospital versus, um, I'm sorry, the workers versus Shriner's Children's Hospital uh, for requiring them to get a shot under EUA it, It's that weren't licensed. So they're all, years later... They're all starting to really pile up now, like, and there's so much more information available for people to sue with. You know, when we first covered Church versus Biden, like, way, way, way in the beginning, there was barely any information available like this. Now it's, now it's through the roof. So, Mm. and then we had this, which I think will go down in history. I mean, the degree to which... Uh, old Twitter was basically a sock puppet of the... That's the wrong one. Oh, Elon. How I love thee. Where is it? I thought I had it up. I need to hear Elon tell advertisers to go fuck themselves. Don't you want to hear that, Frank? Yes. Isn't that... Yeah, it's a... It's a. It's just not... I mean, who, who knows... Um, who knows what the psychological play is here? Because obviously to go so so public and so defiant with it, it, it creates a magnetism where, uh, you know, maybe new opportunities start forming right there too. And you don't allow somebody like, you know, Apple and IBM and all these places to this corporate front of crazy to be the sole arbiters of how people think about what's going on on Twitter again, again, just like with the media matters things we were talking about with rumble before all of this predatory action and this collusion is all predicated on so-called combating hate. Yes. Yes. It's oh, please. And the the hell out of here. And the funniest thing too, is that I have a bunch of clips from the weaponization committee. I have to play at least one of them. Uh, with Goldman just getting destroyed by Schellenberger. It has to go on the show today. So I'll play this real fast, and then we'll go right to that to end it off for the first day of December. Here we go. I hope they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? You don't? What? Do you, what, what? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. But... Go fuck yourself. Is that clear? Oh, it's clear. Very clear. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I, I just love how this is it's just such a incredibly it's just so incredibly awkward in his in his basic Asperger's kind of a way. Yep. It's just I love everything about this exchange and this declaration. That's it. Just taking this as a one off. I just like that. I like it too. I, I, I want to have a moment like this for myself one day too. It must be because of the Starlink satellite clip that we're so enthralled. Well, I, I would be, I would be, I would be very, very comfortable with telling so many more people to fuck off. Me too. If I had two hundred billion dollars in my in assets. You know, I mean, think about the freedom there. You could literally do anything and uh, not have to. Not have to worry about one thing or so that that's great to be able to do that. I've got this clip of Goldman being humiliated at the the weaponization committee. They had Schellenberger and Taibbi back in to talk about the new things that they have uncovered. But this is this is just great here. Talked about the Hunter Biden laptop and how the FBI knew it existed. You are aware, of course, that the uh, laptop, so to speak, was actually that was published in the New York Post was actually a hard drive that the New York Post admitted here was not authenticated as real. It was not the laptop the FBI had. You're aware of that, right? It was the same contents. How do you know? Because, because it's the same, I mean, it's- You would have to authenticate it to know it was the same same contents. contents. 
You have no idea. You know you hard drives can that be it's a manipulated. Are you suggesting the New York Post participating in a conspiracy to construct the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop? No, sir. The problem is that hard drives can be manipulated by Rudy Giuliani or Russia. But what's the evidence wait, that that happened? Wait. Oh, right. Well, there the is actual evidence of it, but the point is it's There's not no the evidence same thing. So you're engaging in a conspiracy. I'm glad theory. you agree with me, Mr. Schellenberger, that transparency is the most important thing. And my last question for you is do you think it would be transparent if Hunter Biden came to this Congress and testified in a public hearing and more transparent than if he testified privately? It's, I mean, literally, I've never thought about that. I have no idea. <laughs> you I've don't literally know? never thought about is that. Is public testimony more I mean, transparent than private testimony? Are you familiar with the First Mr. Amendment? Mr. Chairman, I yield back. The Congress shall take no action to abridge freedom of speech. Yeah. And, and that's what you just described. Mr. Schellenberger, is 13% censorship still censorship? Absolutely. And the other 87% is what we call the chilling effect that the courts have long recognized that they engaged in. That is the problem. There's a broad, op by the way, part of the operation, Congressman Goldman, part of the operation was to change the terms of service. So you see them constantly Wait. trying to change the terms of service. You see them, it was 35% of, of the URLs that were, this according to EIP, so were labeled, removed, or soft blocked. That's all forms of censorship. That censorship is not just removal. But 65% were not. So how can the government be so, so coercive? So does the First Amendment say that the government can censor 35%? the First Amendment say the government can censor time of the gentleman has They're not censoring. They're flagging in the social media companies. So under coercion, 35% of a First Chair, Amendment? Or? Chair it's not the First Amendment. You're making, you're making designation. Yeah, they're not censoring. They're flagging. Yeah, you're making, you're making designations of what is approved and what is not approved. You're designating. But Frank, 85% of the speech was allowed though, Frank. The only 30% was censored, come on, I mean. That's incredible. <laughs> what kind of nincompoops we have to live around and live with and live, the, the yoke of the nincompoops that we have to carry. You know what's so funny? I just started using the word nincompoop again a week ago. And I said it to Will, and Will looked at me like, that's an old word? Where did that come from? I'm like, I just like the word nincompoop. And I have heard it 70 times since then. It's like all of a sudden nincompoop just came back. Well, it looks like I'm gonna have to stop saying it now. Cause I can't <laughs> say anything that's popular. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's it for today, Frank. It was good. I can't believe he brought Russia I know. up. I know that Russia could have manipulated the hard drive in this in this store in this in this store. <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about in this repair shop? And Schellenberger's d delicious response. Are you saying that the New York Post is involved in a conspiracy to fabricate the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop? And, well, that <laughs> yeah. was. That was something. Yeah. You have been listening to the Dark Delight podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans and Dean Martin. You Yeah. And Bobby Darren. And Bobby Darren. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on all the audio podcasting platforms. And Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern on Getter, Rumble, and X. Make sure you come back on Monday where we will start all of this nonsense nincompoopery again. Indeed. Later.